listening to Partners in Change with Bree Dodd and Christian Dawson. Okay, so let me tell you what happens after this podcast ends. Um, and we'll start there. So um, you're going to listen to Prabir Mehta come in and talk about all the things he's doing in Richmond. Um, some really incredible things having to do with arts and content in this community. Um, but he spends a lot of time talking about Gallery 5 Arts and the amazing things that they're doing and tells us that we should come on over afterwards and uh, and go ahead and join them uh, that evening um, for, a, for a night at Gallery 5. So Elizabeth and I uh, go ahead and do that and we head out. They've got this incredible art exhibit going on right there from the Nottoway Indian Tribe of Virginia. Uh, they have this incredible performer... Uh, called Isabella Van Kesteren, who's local, and she opens for a really fun band with all sorts of great music that had you up and dancing called The Last Real Circus. And this is just like a typical night for Gallery 5, introducing you to new artists, introducing you to incredible exhibits. And, uh, you know, it's been a pandemic, so we haven't been out there and, uh, you know, and, and, and engaging in our community in these ways. And boy was it an incredible experience to go out there and to really get a feel for what Richmond has to offer um, in the arts and in music. And so I thank Prabir for an incredible night out after this great podcast where he tells us all about the things that are happening, how the music industry in Richmond dealt with the pandemic, all the changes that came before that. It's such an interesting conversation. I can't wait to share it with you. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Welcome to uh, Partners in Change. And uh, I've got Elizabeth as my guest host today. Um, Excited to be back. Thank you very much for, for being here with me. Um, we also have as our guest today, Herbie Mehta. What, what's up, everybody? I'm waving because that's what you do when you're introduced. <laughs> um, it's really great to have you here. I can't wait to unpack all the uh, incredible things that you're doing in the Richmond community uh, to give you and our listeners a little bit of it, like the conceit of, of the show that we're talking about. We're we're exploring change in Richmond and how Richmond is dealing with uh, you know a landscape that, that's evolving. We're especially taking a look at the fact that this past year has been an era of tremendous change because of the global pandemic and stuff like that. And so we're trying to talk to people who've been a part of that, you know, figure out what it is they're they're doing in the community, what their insights are about about change in our community, and we're basically learning together about the city that we love. You know, great, I love it. And and one of the things that we have uh, we, that we were talking about when we were sort of exploring who we wanted to have on this guest was that we wanted to know more all about like the arts and culture, um, uh, like the amazing scene that's that we loved about Richmond. One of the things that drew that drew us to that we wanted to learn more about like how that's weathered the past year in particular, right? Sure. What yeah. it was like before, what it's what it's been like for the past year, what it's evolving into. Of course. And you were recommended as somebody that we had to talk really? about. Really? Oh, yeah. my gosh. All right. Absolutely. We're recommended. Yeah. All right. As yeah. seen on TV, I see. This is great. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. This, those are all things I love to think about and subsequently talk about. 
That's great. Well, could, I would love to hear a little bit about your your background. Um, I mean, we we've met briefly before, but like I I don't know about your experience in bands and yeah, and stuff like sure, that. sure, sure. Uh, I, well, gosh, where to begin? Um, I was born in India, moved here uh, when I was a kid. Spent most of my time in Richmond. Um, fell in love with Western four four major chords, pentatonic scales, rock and roll, you know, uh, kind of became the only thing I could think about from the age of 13 to today, you know, but I've had to, I've had to diversify my thought a little bit. The older I got, you know, bills pop up and such, but, um, yeah, the, uh, been playing music in this area for quite some time. And, um, have been involved with uh, Gallery 5, which is an arts organization in Jackson Ward uh, since 2005, off and on. You know, got a couple of years that I took off, but usually been there. Uh, had a blast getting to know the cultural community here by doing some other projects with them occasionally. I've helped put on the Mozart Festival, I've worked with the Richmond Symphony, the Science Museum, Maymont, et cetera, et cetera. So those have all been great partners and, you know, um, fun projects to work on with uh through my company, which is a kind of a content and consulting thing called the great big everything. So I've kind of always That's great. Name. Thank the you. Great big everything. Yeah. Yeah. com. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, um, idea has been always to be in that racket to kind of be in the arts culture and, uh, kind of figure out, you know, where I can help, what, what I can do, what resources I have available, you know, uh, in, in, within me, um, mentally, to contribute to that kind of landscape. So that became a really fun thing uh, starting in high school mm-hmm. and kind of just, it developed as it went. And, you know, talk about change. I've, you know, I've seen a tremendous amount of change happen in the Richmond area since those days, not just in the last year, but, you know, uh, when you think back to moving here as an immigrant in the late eighties and trying to acclimate to culture in the early nineties, being one of the, what felt like six Indian people in Richmond, you know, now you get a short pump and you can't turn a corner without hitting a Raj or Shruti, you know? So, um, it was interesting being the only Indian person in, in my world, in my age group, in my peer group. And that kind of sustained through the arts thing. Still, there still aren't a lot of Indian people in the arts, you know, and it's lonely sometimes in that capacity. Uh, uh, but there are a lot of, you know, the the music scene has diversified drastically since then, you know. So I'm not I'm not trying to say it, it's been stagnant or anything. Uh, I'm glad that we've grown a tremendous hip hop scene, and you know, I mean, we have all kinds of cultural music uh, happening in various different sectors uh, of of all the different communities in Richmond. Everything from punk rock to salsa to you know, classical music, like it's all, it's all happening and it's great to see the city embrace it and grow. grow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember a lot of, you know, I, it's just, it's interesting to look back on the arc of change and see where things were a long time ago. And what era were we talking about here? Let's say the Mesozoic. (laughs) Uh, No, um, I'm saying like, you know, yeah, like even if you think as far back as just the 1990s, you know, um, was I a active member in the music scene that no, I was too young. I was way too young, you know, 
But I saw the infrastructure for it because there was the Richmond Music Journal. So I knew that there was a newspaper about Richmond music, you know. Uh, I, I saw venues because I started driving by them when I got my license and wanted to, wanting to play there, you know. And uh, I saw posters of bands everywhere, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you could tell that there was some sort of vibrancy in that music community, even though you weren't old enough to go there, you know. So you could see posters for things like Grumble Dog and Eddie from Ohio and all these things. And you're like, I want to be in Grumble Dog. Like, I don't even know what a Grumble Dog is, but I want to be in it, you know. And this was in places... Uh, alley cats in the flood zone yeah absolutely moon um uh, moon dance saloon um nancy reagan nancy reagan's way later way later this would be twisters you know this would be the this would be like a biograph uh i don't even think ipanema no i think ipanema was uh bittersweet the coffee shop at that point so yeah i mean you know but to look at those changes you know those those long changes that happen um over over those decadal changes, you know, um, you can like, you can now buy tickets to anything you want from your, wherever you're standing, you know, like that's cool. (laughs) That that didn't exist when, when some of us started playing music, you know, I've toured in a pre smartphone and post smartphone world. Mm -hmm. And it's just so much easier. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so like, we rarely get lost. You know, whereas before that, imagine, yeah, I mean, I was 21 years old driving around, you know, Texas, having no idea where I am. And my bass player can barely see is like, I think we make a left. It's like, where the fuck are we going? You know, like I'm about to get shot by some dude in a 10 gallon hat, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, so so it was just so now it's cool. Like, you know, um, just some shows that I played recently, like maybe a year ago or I guess not last year, but pre pre shut down uh, when the trio played a few shows like in Asheville and DC, the Prevere Trio. The Prevere Trio. Yeah, there you go. Um, so when we went out and did a bunch of shows, it was just one of those things where not only can we easily get there, but we learn about the place before we get there. You know, like there's just so much more knowledge available to everyone should they choose to use that as the use of the tool, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the, but there's more tools now uh, than there were before. Um you know, at when Gallery Five was founded in 2005, mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of venues uh, here, right here, like within this little one mile, two mile radius, radius right yeah. here. You know, there were still venues uh, in Colonial Heights and the West End, and da, da 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 da. But it's hard to get those scenes together because they're you know the distance. Um, right. And it is, of course, better to build community locally. You know what we were kind of mentioning before we started rolling. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just interesting to see what has happened since then and how how many things have blossomed into being, you know, now today we have a very robust offering of venues uh, within that radius, you know, between the breweries, the new places that are devoted to being venues, like a big props to Lucas and company for making the Broadberry like a venue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is our this is our midsize venue and it's awesome you know and they've done a tremendous job of that uh i i would love to continue to sing lucas's praises because he's also done a great job of like finding a way to make music happen uh through last year you know where everyone basically was like this can't happen i i appreciate that he was up for the challenge of how can we do this safely and um i played a few of those with uh with a, a band that i play in which is called full moon fever which is a tom petty cover band and um, we we played a few of those, and they were huge. And so, where did you do that? How did you, how did you approach it? Trying to, how did Pods outdoor, 
at the training camp uh, on Lee Street and then on Browns Island, you know, so we've done both of them. And, you know, so it was kind of like a second Friday Cheers kind of thing on Browns Island. Like it was actually the day after Friday Cheers. It was a Saturday, you know, but all of that happened. And, you know, so he did a good job of maintaining that. And uh, it, it, it brought it brought something to the table um, for so many people, you know, even when nobody's touring and we're, you know, we feel like we're stuck and we're not able to, to get together and play music. You know, local musicians ended up having an outlet there. Yeah. Through him and through Friday cheers, you know, there were, and then there were other outdoor festivals that were done and people were doing cautious backyard events and stuff like that. I mean, it was just a weird time, you know, for everybody, you know, it still sort of feels like we're just, yeah well we're not done with it i mean like okay so i'm not trying to be a bummer here but like you know we have a we have this really in my opinion uh which is why you got me here (laughs) it's for my opinion so here i'm about to say something controversial um i fear that we are too quick to make decisions uh without truly knowing what we're talking about and i'm worried at the words we use and how we communicate to one another about really big, important things. The world is constantly trying to create content mm-hmm. that we can consume. Uh, and I question the, the, the merits of its purpose. You know, why is this content being created? Am I, is this to inform me or is it to motivate me? There's two big differences between the two, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times uh, you know, like I see it on, I see it from every direction because I, I'm, or not every direction, but I see it from all my directions rather, which is, you know, running a arts venue has its own inherent questions that won't be possible for a consulting firm. And that has its own inherent questions and communications and, uh, misinformation and such as being in a band, as being, a you know, uh, volunteer at an organization, et cetera, et cetera. We all have, they all have different variables that they must process through. And, uh, the decision-making is usually made by, uh, the few bits of information that are made available, usually too late, you know? So we jump to things. I mean, like if you want a good example of that, like the toilet paper scare of 2020, you know, is, is a good example. Um, like people, lost their civility, you know, over what felt like was a mishandling of information and it caused stress and chaos. It added, it it was going to be stressful and chaotic. I mean, you know, I hated it. We had to lay off so many people at the gallery. It sucked. You know, it wasn't a happy thing at all, but I wasn't thinking like toilet paper is the number one thing that I need to be worried about right now. I was thinking about like, how's my staff going to eat, you know? Uh, how are they going to pay their rent? You know, what am I, what's going to happen to all my gigs and all the musicians that I play with? Uh, what's going to happen to, you know, these kind of like larger long-term thoughts. And as I was asking those questions, like most everyone that, you know, uh, I interact with was like, but did you get the toilet paper? You know? And I'm like, all right, this is like, now I'm officially terrified. I was scared already, but now I'm terrified. Yeah. Like this is like the way we communicate has become so erratic and strange and it's a it's it, it, there's an there's an interesting akin that i would like to uh, like kind of paint a picture of um and i'm not saying that it's anyone's fault like i'm not saying it's our like it's not my fault for freaking out at a headline because that headline was designed to make me freak out you know 
my, my, my fear is that those freakouts are not being questioned after the freakout. Whoa, that's crazy. Let's dig into it a little more, you know, versus, whoa, that's crazy. I got to let everyone know about this. And so that's where I'm kind of like, we got to be more careful. Uh, the example I'd like to draw to humans to social media mm-hmm. is the same to, it feels the same to me sometimes as the sulfur crested cockatoo in Australia. Uh, yeah, so the sulfur-crusted cockatoo over millions and millions and millions of years has a brain that's evolved to crack open nuts. So it's inherently designed at a neurological capacity to want to explore things that are inside things, as opposed to just eating things, right? So it wants to crack. It wants to get through the thing it can't eat to get to the thing it can eat. You know, so uh, other other. Birds, like the hummingbird, will go straight for the nectar, and their beak evolves thus to do that. But the sulfur-crested cockatoo's beak is a, it's a big honking thing, because it needs to be able to break nuts to get in the shells, to get to the nuts, right? That, that, that's stemmed by curiosity. Like, so its brain is wanting to think more about what's in that thing, and if I can get to it evolutionarily speaking. Now, it may have seen other things doing it. It may have eaten it over time, whatever. You know, these processes take a long time, right? But all of a sudden, the sulfur-crested cockatoo in Australia has met something in that it has never met before, evolutionarily speaking, which is a trash can. Oh. And now they've learned how to open trash cans to get to the goods inside, right? Uh it's a new technology that has just been introduced to an evolutionary chain that maybe can handle how to use it, but maybe can't. So this is us in social media? Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of training. There's not a lot of understanding. Well, I mean, how, I mean the motivation? we have yeah. evolved to communicate and alert one another for danger and survival, right? right? And now we're using it to sell purses so- and belts and pills that don't work or do work or whatever. I mean, you know, like we're, but we're using and it's not evolving at a, I don't know. I mean, like, I I don't know if our relationship to it is evolving at a rate that I would say for me personally is always healthy. No, I think you're right. And I'm, I'm glad that you drew the parallel to the trash can because I think that there's a great similarities and that, that flare up of the limbic brain, you know, that people use to trigger, uh, response is, is definitely something that, that, that I see happening. Um, you know, as I know that you're a content creator and, uh, you know, back in old school advertising classes, they used to say that everything is everything that, uh, you know, triggers people's attention has got to be centered on either like fear, sex or deals. Yeah. Yeah. Sex, drugs and rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah, Rock and roll is danger, by the way. That's why you love it. That's why I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what they're doing. They're, they're yeah. trying to, to hit, especially those fear triggers. Yeah. Um, okay. So this was uh, something that came up as a result of me saying, well, you know, we still are sort of in that. Well, I'm just saying evolution, the change, it takes a long time until something crazy and new is introduced, you know, like yeah. let's say a pandemic, you know, right. right. that, that was a quick, let's catch up. We're not used, no one's used to this, you know? The fumbling that happened at, I mean, it's, look, I'm about, I'm about to say some silly stuff. Uh, before I say the silly stuff, I know this was not easy for anyone. I'm not making fun of a particular person or anything. I just, you know, my 
coping mechanism is giggling, you know. Uh, so when terrible things happen, we must be there for one another, get through the terrible, find a way to get through the terrible, reconcile the terrible, study the terrible. But at some point, you got to also be able to poke at it, you know. Man, those first couple of months were hilarious in hindsight. Like, I can't touch anything. I couldn't touch my fiance. <laughs> like, I was just like, this is nuts. Like, you know, uh, mom would call me and she'd be like, can you come over for dinner? And I'd be like, are you crazy? Yeah. Like, Absolutely are you? Not. I mean, and, and and we did the right thing. I couldn't come over for dinner because we didn't have the masks and we just certainly didn't have a vaccine. We didn't know. We didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I love, but I love how, like it, it, you know, it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, wow, everyone's doing it. And it gave me hope, honestly, as terrible as it seems, it gave me hope that the planet could find it within itself to, for the most part, all of us do the same thing, you know? And that to me, I was just like, everything sucks and the economy is going to be tanked and a lot of lives are going to be ruined and certainly people are going to die and the people that are you know not paying attention or ignoring the information are certainly going to be uh, more problematic than ever you know like i went through all of those thoughts but then you know i looked at my my family in india i was zooming with friends in europe you know in france and italy and chatting with people in puerto rico and you know friends of mine in australia and you know, we were just chatting to people all around the world and everyone was like, yeah, we're doing exactly what you're doing. And it just, it, it filled me with like this weird hope where I was like, cool, we could do this if we wanted, you know, we just need a more positive pandemic, <laughs> you know, to kind of, we just need to like, if we could just get the whole world to all of a sudden believe in climate change, you know, or something yeah. like, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, we, I think we have the capability in us, you know, we look out for ourselves first. That's a evolutionary thing for the individual. You know, if there's a dog chasing you, you will you'll be running, you know, like there's certain things you'll do for yourself, but beyond that, you have to also think about the things you are obligated to do for others in your community. In you, yeah. And it is, and, and to me, it is an obligation. It isn't a volunteer if you want kind of thing it's a karmic debt that um we all must manifest uh as a actionable thing to put back into the world well previous generations have been called to do something greater than self you know yeah you get a sacrifice in some way yeah and we were thankfully asked to sacrifice by sitting on our couch and hanging out yeah yeah i know right yeah i know right yeah yeah (laughs) Hey, but you know what? It's the hero I was born to play. <laughs> so I was happy to, I was, yeah, I was like, you want me to sit down and watch movies? Really? I got this. Like, yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I, I totally, uh, I, not to make, again, not to make light of it, but it was a really funny thing to initially go through and kind of even look back at, like, you know, like we're, we're having some jokes about it because you know, what else are you going to do? You know? Right. But you have this unique role with these very different roles that you play, right? You had mentioned, you know, being a content creator, um, managing Gallery 5 as this shutdown was happening, the concern for, you know, your teams, and then, you know, your your personal concern of, you know, do I have enough toilet paper? Yeah. Um, Which we always did, by the way. <laughs> I think all of us did. Katie stocks up on, she loves toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I love Katie. I love her Katie, love Katie for toilet paper. Soon to be, yeah. Soon yeah, to be yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, we've been together forever. So this is kind of like, 
you know, if, if either of the moms are listening, they'll be pissed. But, you know, I'm like, this is for the moms. <laughs> Katie and I have been fine forever. But this is like, let's party for them. The moms need a party, apparently. So here we go. Um, but yeah, uh, no, uh, that's the that's the thing is like going through all that stuff was uh, very, very difficult because, uh, you know, you have to wear different hats all the time. Like there's the music person hat. Then there's the content creator hat. Then there's like the concerned family member hat you know the concerned friend hat then there's like the gallery five hat you know there's all those different hats that had to be worn and um and every one of those hats has a bunch of zoom calls yeah 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 especially mom um yeah um yeah and then and then of course the entire uh situation is made more complex once uh we have the uh the cries for social justice flooding the streets um, you know, which added like an extra dimension to everything. And it kind of, for me, reemphasized that thing of like, we really can do things. Like, I mean, there's proof. There's two things that were done. The world sat down together and chilled out. And then like a huge portion of the world walked the streets together, you know? Right. So it's like, you know, there's hope in people coming together and doing the right thing. The question is, uh, how do you sustain the right thing? One person yeah. can't sustain it, mm-hmm. uh, and usually just a handful of people can't, you know? So the the pragmatic approach to long-term sustainability, you know, is, a, is something that I feel like I really value now more than I ever did because of the pandemic and because of seeing everything happening around town and seeing, like, you know, it was great that um, the calls were to, you know, like the people called out to do something like removing the monuments and the city fumbled a little, but listened, you know, ultimately, right. ultimately listen. And that's a really great dialogue to play out. Um, you know, what's the next one? You know, like we, there's, you know, there's, there's more dialogues to be had and to curate those dialogues, um, is, is of vital importance. And again, that's where understanding change and everything is so important because all those dialogues are going to change over time too, you know? And, and some of that, you know, gets voiced by and or is driven by the arts community. We actually, we had uh, Hamilton Glass on. Oh yeah. I love Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. And, and responding to some of that social justice movement sure. from trying to carry it forward is part of what the projects that he's working on are doing is, is some of that happening in music as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, Undeniably, the music community in Richmond was uh, had complete solidarity over uh, anything that happened in terms of social justice. You know, I I personally did not see anyone that was a, uh, you know, uh, how would I phrase this? I'm not trying to belittle anyone, but I like I don't want to say important person in the music industry, but I mean like, you know, the people that the music industry is currently being carried by, uh, and there's hundreds of them. It's not just a few people. You know, there's hundreds of producers and um artists and writers and sound engineers there's you know maybe there's thousands what am i saying hundreds there's like hundreds of people in this building yeah like there's thousands yeah it's a huge you know and it was cool to see that um like a 99.999 percent of everybody was together on this you know and that was dope that was amazing that was again another thing where i'm like great we can come together this is wonderful you know because in the past i've seen some people have squabbles over this or that you know things like i wanted the headline slot or you know just little things that people get upset about it was nice to see that when something larger comes up that we are all indeed on the same page 
and our little, you know, our Ego little squabbles. Yeah, our little, our, you know, our little, our little words and sentences at the bottom of the page might be a little different, but we're on the same page. Right. You know, that's awesome. So that was kind of like that was nice to feel. You know, through the music community, uh, there were tons of benefit concerts done. I mean, you know, uh, certainly. Uh, a few organizations locally benefited tremendously from it because of their uh, direct affiliation with, you know, the cause and the events that were happening, which was great. You know, um, I think also you've seen probably more, or I feel like I have at least uh, seen more people open to more music now too, because it was the first time they like, for example, there was a really beautiful day at the, uh, um, where was it? It was, I can't remember which park it was, but it was, it was some park in the city where they had a, where they had a, an afternoon, uh, dedicated to protesting. And, uh, then it was followed by a hip hop act and by two classical quartets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was really nice to see both communities tear up at both of the things, you know, and, and it was just one of those things where I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. You know, it sucks that it has to come at the cost of something horrible, but this is what I'm talking about. You know, like, at the, you know, life gives you shit and people, people will be good together. You know, like uh, that was what I, that was, I learned. I was like, well, life can get horrible. And as life gets horrible, people seem to like get better and band together for, to, to get out of the horrible somehow to cope with the horrible, you know, I feel more connected to my community. Yeah. This. There you go. I, feel more focused on, on Richmond and the, the people around and, and one of the reasons we started this podcast yeah so we can get more attuned to the community and and to support sure. the community right. and and so like I think this might be a good transition to talk about gallery five sure yeah. I that where I first started seeing local music acts playing like local stuff was going to some shows yeah at the g5 and yeah I'm more primed than to get back to there than ever. Oh yeah, we'll come back. We've got we've. The, the story of what's going on. Well, I happen to know every single thing that's happening at the gallery right now. Um, the highs and the lows, and uh, the sweet in betweens. Um, okay, so the long story is in two thousand five, it was established by arts uh, connoisseurs and artists. Um, there were, uh, there were just, it was just an explosion of thought and creativity and art and it was awesome, you know? And then, uh, boringly, I, I was, uh, put into the board and like, uh, we did the whole process of legitimizing the organization and we had to have hours and you had to have a website and all the stuff, you know, um, we were happy to do it now, you know, in hindsight, it's so funny in 2005, how that was like a big conversation of like, whether we should be, uh, whether we should be, uh, you know, legitimizing this much. And I'm like, yeah, we need an ABC license. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, that, that needs That's to happen. That's a thing. Yeah, like, no, yeah, we'll legitimize that much. Like, no ties to any meetings. Got it. But ABC license, great. All right, perfect. You know, so it was great. It was wonderful. It was, uh, it was, one, it was so much fun to be uh, around all of the creativity and crazy, just like nonstop energy of everything being ah, all the time, you know, and I remember like there were days where I would, you know, this is when I was 25, you know, so I remember like waking up like hung over going to work and then being like, Oh, I got to set up a hundred chairs for a burlesque event tonight. Like just these like funny thoughts that people don't normally have, you know, Oh, there's a puppet show in 30 minutes. Like there's just like all these things that I was just like, right. Oh, there's a metal van loading in, in an hour. Like there was just all, I was just like, wow, what is this place? You know? And 
it really developed this profound appreciation for the diverse uses of this uh, organization, you know. And then we continually grew it, and it got you know more support from the uh, from various communities as they found uh, places to you know kind of do their thing within these walls. You know, uh, it's an old building, so it always had yeah. some structural issues, and uh, you know it wasn't easy to operate in uh, that entire building. Uh, you know, and it wasn't easy to maintain that whole building, which was a part of the lease. You know, uh, because I know you guys are looking at me and you're like, how could this totally buff huge dude not tackle any physical project that comes his way but yeah fixing the roof was something that <laughs> felt out of my reach you know um for those listening uh that's how they described me before this thing started anyway um <laughs> these buff yeah yeah right when you walked in premiere is that you <laughs> covid's been good to you bro <laughs> anyway um so, uh, but yeah, then, uh, in 2016, um, I got in 2010, uh, I bounced 20, 2011, maybe something like that. I stepped down as the board chair and toured with gold rush and substitutes and well, I did the rock and roll and all the, and then it, up in Texas, all the stuff. Yeah. All the stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then in 2016, I was tapped back onto the board because the, uh, owner was going to sell it and they figured having one or two older generation gallery five people would be a good idea just because historic knowledge of the building is important when transitioning to new landlords and leases and yada 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 and is that going to happen are we buying the building is someone going to buy it what's going to happen so i was like yeah let's do it so you know i came back on board uh kind of rebuilt another board and you know the staff was already like pumping along pretty well so most of them stayed um you know, a couple of people uh, went off to do other things, you know, normal ebb and flow of business was happening. And then the business and then the building did get sold indeed. Uh, and we were kind of like, OK, bracing. Yeah, there. because, you know, is yeah, what's what's the new what's the new vibe? And luckily, we worked out a wonderful deal with the landlord, Bruce Vanderbilt, uh, who owns a who's uh, very familiar with the commercial real estate. So this wasn't his first uh, rodeo. So he had. He had years of experience behind him and he has seen, you know, you think you've seen everything until you meet someone who's seen more things, you know? And so he's like, no, I've this, yeah, we've seen other buildings. We've seen buildings in worse condition. We've seen organizations. We've done all this stuff. So let's, what do you, what do we need to do to make it work is what was the goal, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Like yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. And he's always been, he's always been great from day one. So we worked it out to where we were going to just take the downstairs and uh, he would create an upstairs entity that he himself would then uh, facilitate and run because he's also an entrepreneur and he wants to take a crack at an event space and kind of see what he wanted to do up there. And he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's enjoying it. So that's cool. And uh, subsequently we're, we've for three years now uh, enjoyed just the downstairs. Um, you know, it's a nonprofit organization. So even when we have a large staff, most of that staff is for event operations. So most of that staff is for your front door, your checking IDs, your wristbands, bartenders, folks that are doing sound. You know, we don't have a lot of bandwidth to hire people to maintain an old building, you know, yeah. or uh, run a 3,000 square foot gallery space in addition to a 3,000 foot uh, venue performance hall, you know. Uh, and on top of that, you throw in that we have a nonprofit banquet license for uh, a bar, so we can use the bar only if it's for arts purposes, which we've done, you know. 
so we can't just open up on a Tuesday and be like, hey, come get a tequila. You know, like we do it to promote the arts and the mission. That's the purpose, you know. So to have somebody working on the mission, to have someone working on the programming, to have somebody operating the staff, to have somebody kind of making sure that the uh, arts are given as much attention as the performance venue mm. and vice versa. Uh, there's also extending uh, the hand to the community since it's technically a community organization. Like, you know, we're not programming everything. We're asking the community to come program things. We want to make it happen, you know. Uh, various, various communities. Actually, our mission is engaging communities through the arts because there are different communities and the the way to engage them, I think, is through the arts. It builds bridges, you know. So, uh, it's nice to have a place where on a, you know, for two, for, you know, people don't, like, it's rare that we get repeat patronage day after day after day. Uh, whereas like a, a, a bar like bamboo does, you know, like I'm there every day, you know, so, uh, like they get repeat patronage day after day after day, but like the Broadberry doesn't, you know, the VMFA doesn't, uh, Gallery 5 doesn't, you know, these cer- certain places you kind of pick and choose when you're going there, you know, sure. it doesn't become your go-to spot, for example, you know, it may be your go-to spot on first Friday, you know, but are you yeah. coming two weeks later? Maybe not, you know? Right. So what I enjoy about it is like, let's say it is your go-to spot on a random Saturday because you have a night off and you happen to see a puppet show or whatever, Right cool well now you've probably experienced a little bit of that theatrical uh community the you know the people that work in theater stage sound light puppetry you know all that stuff like now you've had a chance to interact with that community and the next time you come to gallery five you probably won't get that same community but it'll be a different thing it'll be like a hip-hop show or it'll be an art opening or it'll be a food tasting or it'll be a plant night or whatever like a DJ might be spinning, who knows, but you'll meet a different swath of Richmond every time you come. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have a place that the entire city's worth of communities feels like is an okay place for them to do their thing is the ultimate goal. So it's engaging communities through the arts, you know, uh, and that was the mission from, from, from when I got back in and I was like, that's what we're, you know, that's, that's what I can help with. You know, that's my bandwidth. That's, that's my evolutionarily evolved giant cockatoo beak is like i can help with this like this is what i can do you know uh so uh, so that's kind of been the thing that we've been doing and uh, it's going well um you know uh we had a very rough year obviously uh we were closed for many many months almost a whole year um and uh it was through the generosity of our landlord and um a few donors throughout the richmond community who stepped up and who were you know, they did that thing. They took that extra thought and they were like, oh, the coronavirus is going to make life horrible for Gallery 5. And then they took the next thing and they were like, how can I help? Oh, I can support, you know. So they did that. And I'm forever appreciative to some of those folks because they are, you know, the reason that we were able to withstand the first few months. Mm -hmm. And that first few months, just being able to, you know, make sure that everyone in the family was good. Um, And then we kind of like, we kind of got the greatest present that anyone could ever give us, which is the uh, ability to step away from inertia. Uh, There's an inertia to everything. Your podcast has an inertia because you have a schedule set to it. So someone else is going to come next. You have to find somebody. There's got to be the day. We got to reserve. This must happen. So the inertia will keep it going, but 
on vacation or if you take a seasonal break, the inertia stops and it gives you time to reflect. It gives you time to think. What have we been doing? What's been going on? Let's interrogate here, you know. And so those first two months, because of the generosity of these donors and our landlord, Bruce Vanderbilt, it gave me the physical time necessary to just sit down and be like, how do we approach this considering we don't have the resources to approach this? You know, and that's a heavy thought to sit with, you know. Uh, How do I eat when I don't have food? Do I grow it? That takes a long time. Do I steal it? That's wrong. You know, like it, these are these, but that's right. essentially the analogy with the, the gallery. Of- yeah. It's like, oh man, we have very few options here, you know, mm-hmm. but then it was time to get creative. And, um, you know, I was inspired by seeing, I mean, you know, I love bamboo I was, and it was freezing cold and they put chairs and tables out and they're like, we're serving booze outside. And I'm like, hell yeah. All right. If they're doing that, then we're doing, we're, you know, if bamboo's open, we're open. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, we got this. Uh, and plus evolution is, uh, should theoretically be like the most sexy word an artist ever hears. Like who, what artist is like, nah, I want to stagnate. I don't know. I think you'd be surprised how many people well, are then so perhaps, terrified of change. Well, then perhaps they're not artists. You know, they may be painters and illustrators, but they might not be artists, you know. Um, So but for me as a planner, you know, I was like, all right, well, we've got a challenge here. So luckily, the staff and the board and I put a lot of time together uh, and we dropped up a hundred ideas and a few of them worked. You know, a few of them ended up being okay, And we started doing outdoor events like the Gallery 5K where you and begin and end your run at the 5k you don't have to go inside because at the time you couldn't but you know it allowed us to get uh hamilton to curate a 5k route of all the murals in the area and explain what they are and why they're there and all that you know uh we were able to get uh, amrit singh who's an indian architect to curate another 5k about all the architectural uh features of the area uh who else we got we got a couple of other people we did a few more of those you know so the gallery 5k became a new thing. Uh, the neighborhood cleanups, you know, we've only done once, one once on earth day a few years ago. Um, uh, and it was, uh, it was a good, it was good. And it was time to clean up the neighborhood. You couldn't do anything else. So, you know, we'll at least, you know, and, and it may not be art, but it's beautification and we'll do it, you know? So we led that on, uh, we started putting, uh, artists works on our windows so that people could, because you, know, you couldn't come inside. So we could at least, create art from around the world. We had artists submit, uh, I, I put on a mother India show every September and, uh, for September of 2020, when no one could go do anything, uh, we curated a, uh, art show, uh, with artists from India emailing us their works. So we could at least be like, well, we'll put you on our gallery out, out windows. I don't know. Like, you know, we'll do something, you know, you gotta do, but you, you keep moving until something else moves you, you know, in a different direction, basically. But yeah, so we did a whole bunch of things like that. We started a Patreon, which comes with all kinds of cool perks. Uh, so that, you know, the, the folks that support through there are, you know, are getting cool things every month and we're getting a little bit of support from them, which is amazing and super beautiful to see, you know, uh, we got rid of the stage where it was and we moved it to another part of the inside so we could open up those old bay doors. You know, those old bay doors used to have fire trucks going through them, you know, mm-hmm. If you want proper ventilation, you need something that a fire truck can go through, you know? And so we opened up the bay doors and it let in so much air and it let in so much light 
And so we turned that into like this lounge where you can now look at art and chill and have your cocktails. And then I was looking at the bar and I'm like, why are we selling wine from California when there's wine in Virginia? Why are we selling beer from Michigan when there's beer in Richmond? Why are we selling, you know, vodka from literally Russia when there's vodka in Scott's edition? So we went with an all Virginia bar. So every penny you spend now is kept in the Commonwealth. Um, yeah, because you can, you can, and no offense to Jose Cuervo. And, you know, I go to Guar Bar right after Gallery 5 shows and have a Jose Cuervo chilled. <laughs> they always forget the chilled part, but I, they're, they're busy in there. I get it. I get it. But, um, yeah, we went all Virginia. So we, we, uh, we, and now that we had a much smaller staff, we were like, well, everyone's getting living wage or higher, you know. So we moved everybody's pay rate up to what we thought was fair for the work they're doing. Um, and we began we began programming so that we could do what we could, you know. I mean, that's really the option that we were that that was at the end of the day. It was like, what can you do? Cool, do it, you know. So we've been doing that, and so right now we're open Fridays and Saturdays. And uh, I'm happy and weirdly proud to announce that every Friday and Saturday that I can think of is booked up with something. So there's there's things of value. Uh, that I, there's things of cultural value that are happening at Gallery Five every Friday and Saturday from now on. Um, we've had the our current gallery show is hosted by the Nottaway Tribe of Virginia. We figured that in July, when everyone's doing the hot dogs and fireworks thing, we figured that the appropriate show is the Nottaway Tribes because this is their land. Um, when we're singing about our land and everything, let's really show the people whose land this really is. So that's who's on our walls right now. Um, that show ends this weekend, uh, on July 31st, uh, August, we're doing all a uh, food related show and, uh, we're devoting a cocktail, uh, to benefit, uh, Mad RVA's pantry, uh, food distribution network. Uh, September, we're doing mother India where we're getting Indian artists in October. We're doing our carnival show where we normally shut down the street and do all that stuff, the fire and DJs and all that. November, we're doing a science show, science art show, uh, called Hail Sagan. In the memory of Carl Sagan. <laughs> oh God, I love that. Yeah, and we've got events. You know, those are just the first Fridays. We've got jazz nights going uh, every fourth Saturday, I think, or something like that. We're doing cooking demonstrations. We're doing uh, native plant walks in Jackson Ward on first Fridays, so you can like actually learn about your neighborhood and all what plant life is, and you know what it does and doesn't do for us and against us and with us and because of us, and you know learn more about the world around us. You know, so that's kind of just become the uh, mantra is like less is more, but more is also more, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll do fewer days, but we'll do more on those days. And I, where, where can people find all of that information? What's the best place to gallery five arts.org. Thank you for asking. Nice, yeah. Nice. Uh, and I'm going to go check out some Patreon right after this. I, also, we're not a live podcast, so people won't hear this for a couple weeks, but oh, okay. I think that, um, the, um, not a way tribe, um, Exhibit sounds amazing. And yeah, I'm going tonight. Cool. Okay, you, sweet. You, you just yeah, sweet. This is yeah. my evening plan. Great, great. There's also a rock show tonight uh, yeah. at the same time, so you're gonna get like you know you're gonna get music and the Nottaway Tribe show, and right. and then it's up to you if you want to explore the artisanal bar selection. But like literally, it's crazy. I okay, so 2005 for beer versus 2021 premiere at the same bar, right? Like 2005 premiere would be like, I'll have a, because we only had Yingling at the time. That's all we sold. 
literally that was the only beer that we sold so you could pick between like a, a lager a lord chesterfield like you had all these like yingling so i, would, I would, my mine was the lager because i'm not a beer person so i was like lager please you know and that's great no offense to yingling you know whatever that's good uh it's crazy now i can actually look at the bar menu and it's you know i can kind of be like do i want this bizarre cocktail that benefits this local charity or do I want this cool new wine that a local distributor just dropped off because they know that we love Virginia products? Or do I want this light beer that has a punny cool name that was literally brewed, you know, down the street? Yeah, three blocks or whatever from here. You know, it just blows my mind at those changes, you know, and those changes aren't because of me and they're not because of Gallery 5, but it's because of the world. The world has changed enough to give us all give us access to these awesome options that didn't exist back then. You know, so I, I really appreciate that kind of change um, super duper well, you know. Clearly, absolutely. And we, we've got to unpack the incredible changes that have happened in the in this like beer and spirits. Community absolutely. Uh, Sometimes. Sometime totally. Um, it has been a incredible pleasure. Cool. Thank to, you. To talk. Pleasure's been all mine. <laughs> uh, so we have a weird question that we like to end up. Um we imagine that you died. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I want to know where in Richmond you would love to haunt. Oh, to haunt. Where are you going to like to haunt if you died? I have, uh, I have follow up questions. Um, <laughs> as a haunted individual, am I interacting with them or am I just hanging out? I mean, you can definitely like, yeah. I mean, I think apparitions probably have some, you're not, you're non corporeal, right? All right. So question, uh, follow up question to that. Um, <laughs> Will I be of sentient uh, ability to experience se like sensation? Like, will I be able to feel cold, hot, smell, da da da, da or is all that gone now? Mm. I think probably all that's gone. All that's gone. Yeah. Oh, so what? Just sight. That's all I got left. Um, and yeah, and your your cognition. So yeah. Process. Yeah, but 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 I can't taste or smell anything or. Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. Um, I mean, you know, then where's, what's a good place to haunt? Um, I feel like if I haunt any place that I love to go, I feel like it would be torture because I wouldn't be able to enjoy any of it. Right. So, yeah. Oh, oh, so, okay. Oh, uh, well, in that case, I'm going to go with the cheesiest answer possible. And I'm just going to say, uh, I think I just want to haunt, uh, some random rock on Belle Isle. I mean, or, 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 or somewhere in the James River Park system. I mean, you know, do I want to haunt Aladdin's? Sure. If I can taste the food, I would haunt Aladdin's forever. Of course. Kuba Kuba, I would haunt that place. If I could eat, you know, uh, can I have old fashions? If so, I would haunt bamboo, you know, absolutely. Uh, can I be a total pain in the ass to the staff and board? I would haunt gallery five, of course, you know, whatever. <laughs> but if I can't do any of those things, like, you know, uh, then I think I would probably, if I just wanted to listen and see, there is nothing in Richmond that has yet to visually or sonically impress me more than looking and hearing the river. Mm. I can't think of a better sound or sight that I've seen, you know. Uh, and if I had to spend an eternity just doing and soaking in one sight and sound experience, that would be potentially pleasant. I don't know. Maybe that would get tiring. I have a complex. I have complexities with the notion of permanence and infinity and all that because, 
Uh, yeah, that that's a separate conversation. <laughs> you know, when you're ready to do your Halloween episode and talk about ghosts, hit me up because I'd love to do a whole thing about ghosts because that, like yeah. there's a whole thing with like again, it comes to that misinformation information thing, right? And then the belief and non-belief and the science versus non-science and all that. But the ghost thing is fascinating to me because there are people who are undeniably like, oh, ghosts exist. And I'm like, okay, cool. How do you feel about, you know, if you lived in more dense populations, it would use less resources and we destroy less of the world. Now, nah, bro, ghosts exist, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. So that's one of those cultural conversations where I'm like, well, that's a fun, like distraction from, you know, other thoughts. But no, uh, I would say I would haunt the river because, um, number one, everyone looks either great or horrible. So I'll either be turned on or be laughing at everybody. So that's both are good. Um, uh, usually you don't get a lot of like, uh, mean people like doing terrible things when you're in the river itself. Like, you know, it's hard, you know, mother nature is so much bigger than us. So it's like, you know, no one's, no one's an asshole at, on top of a mountain summit. <laughs> you know, like, no, oh, we got all the way up here, man. You know, you should get a haircut. Like no one does that. Like, you know, like no one does that. And they, they just take in the splendor that's around them. They're lucky to be a part of. I, I love that answer. Um, so, uh, with the last bit of time that we have, uh, I want I want to again sort of unpack your your different roles here, and you know, so content creator, rock and roller, um, uh, you small business entrepreneur, uh, you know, gallery uh, operator in some in some respect, <laughs> board of director, sure, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever the title is, yeah. Uh, where where do we find out more about all your uh, various gigs? We talked about gallery5art.com. Yeah. We've yeah. your band. How do we find out more about that? Yeah, I think probably, you know, if you go to Instagram and look up Premier RVA, you'll okay. be kept in touch with, like, what it is that I'm freaking about out about at that exact moment. You know, like, this morning it was just freaking out about everything. Um and tonight it'll be freaking about out about different stuff, but it's all on there. <laughs> so you can, uh, you can keep in touch, but yeah, that's kind of where I, I mean, you know, it's just me, you know, and so I'm just trying to kind of live life and do all these things. So all these things are just as important to me as every other thing. And they all matter and they're all fun and beautiful. And, you know, I'm lucky and blessed and privileged to be able to do these things. And I'm, it's insane that for this long, I've been able to sustain it, you know, and, um, for my, for just, just because of, the wealth of incredible people that I, that, that I've somehow surrounded myself with, you know, um, it's none of it's possible without each other, you know? And so you guys become a part of that web, you know, as soon as you ripple outward that there's a place for people to come check out on Fridays and Saturdays, you know? So, uh, it's, it's all because of everyone else, but, uh, I'm just very happy to be doing it all. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. Thank you for having me. And for your role in the community. Thanks for being Cheers, y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Partners in Change. A big shout out to our friends at Common House for providing us a space to bring this podcast to life. To Sonny Washburn for the killer music. And to Adam Clark for the rad cover. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time, Richmond. This podcast has been brought to you by OpenEye. They are your partners in change.